0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy excellence, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, making all your football-related fantasies come true. Football's back. I know we said that on Thursday. Now it's, like, really back. We just watched a slate of, I want to say, like, 13 games, which is just pretty awesome. I mean, some of it was sloppy. Some of the games were more entertaining than others. Fantasy-wise, it was a relatively low-scoring week. But man, I had a good time today watching football. Uh, some of those games just ended. had a had a barn burner between the Chargers and uh, the Dolphins, and the Patriots really hung in there with the Eagles, which was unexpected. Came right down to the wire. So anyway, it's been a good day. We got a good Sunday night game coming up: Giants, Wolf's Boy, Danny Dimes, and the Cowboys. I cannot wait to see that shakeout. I got some Tony Pollard stock. I got some Darren Waller stock. So I got a lot to look forward to. I got Prescott on my bench, just aging like a fine wine. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. Wolf, how are you doing? Do you have as good a time as me?
1: I was very fine. Sunday's back. You football's back. It's always great. It was a great first week of action. I'm up and down in my leagues, looking at like a 50-50 record so far. Things could definitely shake out differently. But we have a ton to dissect, and I know we want to get out here right around kickoff time. So you know what? We're going to dive right in. We'll We'll start with some backfield notes, some passing game notes. We have some snaps and all that good stuff for the 1 o'clock games, but we go live right when Red Zone ends. It just ended. My patrons barely getting eked out by the Eagles there. Uh, So that was exciting. But we don't have all the full snaps and whatnot for the 4 o'clock games. We'll dive into the box scores. We definitely took some notes as the games were going about people at Puka Nakua, uh, different games, just people catching our eyes. And we'll, of course, dive into at the end here, the wait, your early week two waiver wire. So you can start to get prioritizing and getting ahead of your league mates there. So if you're with us, enjoy what you hear. That thumbs up button does mean the world. I say we dive right in. Let's get it going. All right, let's go. We're going to do
0: this slightly different uh, than we have in the past, but I like the setup. We're actually going to uh, kind of go by backfields and then we're going to go by receiving cores uh, and just kind of pound those down as quick as we can because we we would like to stop by kickoff. You know, if we go a couple minutes over, that's the thing. But we we would like to do the same thing we did for Thursday night football. I think the first thing that needs to get brought up, however, and so we'll do this kind of in the spirit of backfields. We're going to go right to the Ravens because our one just like heart wrenching thing that happened very early on in the yeah. <laughs> the day of football. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, who briefly looked really good, I think he was on yeah. uh, he was on what it says here, 23 out of 29 snaps. He was he was. On the field and looking pretty solid. Torn Achilles, done for the year. Devastating. Uh, first of all, thoughts on that, Wolf. Second of all, you know, fantasy-wise, obviously now we got a value hold, right?
1: Yeah, huge value hold. Definitely sucks for J.K. Dobbins. Second major injury in the last two seasons, right as he's entering that contract year. And as you mentioned, looking phenomenal before going out. So really, really too bad for him. You hate to see it. Ultimately, after he goes out, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards split. It fairly evenly. Hill got 29% of the snaps, eight carries. He ultimately got two touchdowns as well, right after Dobbins got knocked out, right before him. Uh, we also had Gus Edwards have 22% of the snaps and eight carries. A little bit more productive with his works was Gus Edwards. Uh, He ultimately racked up 32 yards compared to just nine yards for Justice Hill. But again, Hill got almost all the goal line work, two of the four goal line snaps, seven of the third down snaps as well. So that valuable usage seemed to be going to Hill, who was rumored to be a better fit all preseason. He'd be where I prioritize my week two waiver of those two backs, but they're actually neither of them. My favorite running back on the waiver wire. We'll talk about them later.
0: All right. You want to get into the 49ers?
1: Of course, PMT baby yeah, yeah. 22 or, carries 152
0: 22, yards so uh, and then i mean so so you saw that big one that he busted It was like a 65 yarder that was pretty awesome uh it was a spin move into like an awesome run I, i'm a little so I'm, I'm very impressed first of all i want to say that uh remember when he used to catch like 10 balls a game
1: yeah Only three three? catches, 17. I think part of that was the game script, though, because they were just up on the Steelers the entire time. They really didn't need to throw. We'll talk about the passing game a little bit later. So that's part of it. Only three catches, 17 yards. I just don't think – I think it's more of a product of the game flow than not using him. Ultimately, he was in for nearly every single snap. Gets 22 carries compared to just five for Mitchell, most of those coming well with it after they have a two to three score lead to two carries also went to Debo, but this was the Christian McCaffrey show and well worth that. Number one to number three, overall pick, whatever you spent on him, he looks like a dynamite pick in this offense, just that much better. Uh, So yeah, CMC clear cut number one, running back moving forward. They actually had two uh, running
0: backs that were extremely productive in the Falcons' backfield. The Falcons are you know, playing a junk opponent. I went out and picked up the Falcons' defense. I wanted the Washington defense, but someone spent a bunch of money on them in waivers. And I was like, ah, I'll take a defense playing against Carolina. And it worked out really well. I, I want to say I got 13 fantasy points out of them. So they won a pretty decisive game. But I thought the big story was two running backs getting over 20 fantasy points on the same team. How did
1: you break that down? What are your thoughts on that? Well, what kind of blew my mind was Tyler Algier both out-targeted Drake London and out-carried Bijan Robinson. Yeah. What are we doing here? I mean, he looked good too, so I guess ultimately they win, and it's tough to say you shouldn't have done it. He does have 75 yards, two touchdowns. It's just kind of nuts to see that, and it's certainly as good as Bijan was, as good as he looked, it does make you a little bit concerned about how this will be moving forward, especially when Corderell Patterson, who wasn't even in, might rejoin the fray, because we saw Bijan get all the two-minute drills, some of the short yardage work, most of the third down work went to him too, but most of the goal line work did go to Algier. And as we mentioned, the majority of the carries going to him as well. So this was a little bit of a concern and that was a clear, you know, almost a near even split between these guys. Uh, the running backs did account for over 50% of the target share combined with Bijan getting 33% uh, himself. Also three targets going to Tyler Algier as well. So he was heavily, heavily involved. And that's the bigger story is Algier. Uh, involved as a pass catcher, involved as a rusher. Great to see Bijan also so involved as a pass catcher as well. But I do wonder, will Patterson sneak in there? Because after this performance, who knows how Arthur Smith's going to use his talents. We then saw Damian Pierce, the three-down horse of the preseason. He's going to be in all snaps, all situations. Ultimately, not the case. He plays 36 of the 77. That was only 46% of the snaps. He only ran 40% of the routes for 7% of the targets. Just doesn't do much with the work either. 11 carries, 38 yards, two catches for nine. I'm not the panic, panic button. This is the Ravens defense, the tough matchup, but Mike Boone getting nearly all the third down work, 10 of the third, uh, 15 third down snaps, 10 of the 19 two-minute drill snaps. So it does become clear that Mike Boone will actually be, you think it be Devil secretary. if it's not going to be Damian Pierce, but no, Mike Boone getting the majority of that work and definitely capping the ceiling of Pierce if this is how it is moving forward. The Jaguars backfield, and this is
0: a guy that we've actually talked quite a bit about on the show, Ducks guy. Travis Etienne comes out as the clear lead running back. I admit I was skeptical, but, you know, 77 yards, a touchdown, and the snap count. Like, look at how much more he was on the field than the other guys, right?
1: 80% of the snaps, 85% of the routes, and actually getting a 16% target share, something we didn't see all last year. And that's with Calvin Ridley. We're going to talk about momentarily dominating the work as well. We still see Etienne getting heavily involved. Yes, short Bigsby, 13 yards, a touchdown. He did fumble, though, as well and much less efficient with the work he got. Again, 13 yards was under two yards, a pop on his carry, seven rushes. So ultimately, much more impressive coming over from Travis team with that nice score as well. So 21 points to him, definitely looking like the clear-cut lead back and showing why today. Big to see from him. We were talking all offseason. Is Nick Chubb going to be a bigger bell cow? We did see yep. 18 carries, 106 yards, and it looks really nice. Four catches for 26. I mean, he's only had more than three passes in a game, uh, more than three, three receptions in a game. Twice. And that's kind of crazy because he isn't a bad pass catcher at all. So that looks very nice. If he's going to do that all year, he's going to roll, right? Well, Jerome Ford did still see 30 of the 74 snaps. He did see the vast majority of these coming on the uh, third third down. He saw nine of the uh, 14 third down snaps. So it was just a matter of the usage kind of flowing the Chubb on those early downs. I don't know that we can always rely on those four catches moving forward. Uh, if Ford's going to consistently be the third down and two-minute drill back like he was this week, but, but still nice to see that involvement. It wasn't just complete and utter smoke, but it was still kind of like a mini cream Hunt was lingering there too. <laughs>
0: um, in the same game, and this, this is a game that could just be on oh, the episode if we wanted to, on the other side of the ball, Joe Mixon for the Bengals. Um, I mean, he had just a mad game, but if you put it next to some of the other supposed studs on the Bengals, he actually looked all right. But your headline is that his backups were annoyingly involved.
1: Yeah, he got 13 carries himself, 56 yards and 17 uh, yards on three catches. eh. But the big thing was we saw Travion Williams, who didn't play all preseason. We're wondering how involved will he be? Well, he got eight of the uh, 12 third down snaps right off the bat. The third down guy there. I didn't end up doing much with the work. You only saw two carries, zero targets on his eight routes. We saw 17 of the routes go to mix. so he was more involved as the pass catcher. But then even Chris Evans was sneaking in there seven self another two carries went to him so when it's like 13 carries for mixing and four guys, you know a bunch of other guys just getting a little bit smattering here and there oh it's going to be tough for him to hit that ceiling that would look so limitless and that ceiling doesn't look so limitless as you were alluding to with how bad that offense was my god that I, we'll get to the passing game three i think points. that was a one week arbitrage i'm not too worried about that but man that was yeah, but it was so bad fun. three that points was, yeah terrifying uh, Miles Sanders and the Panthers, you'd think he'd be that true workhorse, and he was about 60% to 40% Chuba Hubbard. But Hubbard did get 11 touches that we wanted to make note of. 18 carries, though, did go to Miles Sanders in addition to four catches for 26. So among the higher workloads you'll see from running backs, just was worth noting, though, that Chuba Hubbard was the clear-cut third down back on all the third down snaps. It was Chuba Hubbard. He also got four of the six short yardage snaps as well. So a little bit more mixing in. And he looked pretty good. Nine carries, 60 yards in addition to two receptions as well for Chuba Hubbard. So definitely the clear-cut handcuff is Chuba Hubbard, and also maybe a little bit of a handcuff with benefits out there in a lot of wave-wise, potentially worth a pickup at this point.
0: All right, so let's talk about the Titans' backfield. I'm confused about yeah, this. Yeah, this is crazy. What man. happened here? Not, I mean, you know, the, the headline, Derrick Henry out-snapped by Tajay. Yeah, I mean, that that's a big question mark. But, I mean, watching the game, I mean, I was watching on Red Zone, so I, it's not like I saw every snap or anything like that. I have Derrick Henry, so I was paying attention to how he was doing He had a very good first half. I mean, he had over 50 yards, I believe, in the first half. Two big catches for big yardage. Um, And then it seems like he got, like, what, like four more carries for the rest of the game or something like that? Did he get hurt or something?
1: No. He wasn't hurt. I just think it was a game flow thing. And last year we did see some of those third down snaps, those routes actually going to Derrick Henry, which is a big reason his floor was raised. But they did Tajay Spears, and, man, they got him immediately involved. It's more so that they had 40 routes up for grabs. 20 of them went to Spears, only 10 for Derrick Henry. So that's where the discrepancy really came in. It made them very, very predictable. I mean, he was in only on 30 of the snaps, and they carried the ball 15 of those times. It was pretty much clear if Henry's in, what we're going to do. And that's not going to be a recipe for success if they keep it up. They have to try to disguise it a little bit. And the one time they did try to disguise it, Henry broke loose. Two had two catches. One of them was a monster. He got 56 yards in the receiving game uh, compared to just three carries, 27 yards, a reception for one yard for Spears. So – Spears didn't openly get used a ton. He just was on the field more than Derrick Henry, which is just crazy. Uh, And hopefully that's not the case. I imagine in wins, it will be definitely a different story, a different game flow. But that's the concern. Are the Titans just going to suck all year and ultimately get bled out like this, we'll find out. Uh, Awful. Three interceptions. Yeah, we'll talk about the passing game later. Just absolutely hideous, though. Moving on to that division, Colts running backs. Yeah, Deion Jackson gets nearly all the work because Evan Hall gets hurt, and he absolutely sucks. 51 snaps and does absolutely nothing with them 13 carries for 14 yards did have five catches for another whopping 14 yards about as inefficient as you could ever be as a running back so zach moss may be an intriguing guy on the waiver wire because you can't imagine deon is going to be getting much worse much more work after zach moss returns next week
0: all right last but not least for running backs let's talk about the washington backfield brian robinson looked really really good antonio gibson not so much No,
1: God, no. 19 carries do go to Robinson, clearly dominating that workload with just three going to Antonio Gibson, but he's going to be the receiving guy, right? No, he's got Robinson catching the receiving touchdown there with seven yards on his one catch, only one catch for 10 yards, but the big thing, Gibson fumbles, the thing that's been plaguing him his entire career and definitely started to take a big clear backseat after that. He was involved. He did get back and it wasn't like during the doghouse and never touching the field again, but it was definitely something to take the wind out of his sails very early that is definitely a concern. So Brian Robinson moving forward, clearly looking like the more valuable piece. I guess if there's a more competitive game, we'll see. Does Gibson remain much more involved? But ultimately you got to be concerned with him. And Yeah, we'll definitely cover a few more backfields when we scan the box scores of the 4 p.m. games. But that's the, the big takeaways we have from 1 p.m. If there's a backfield we missed, that you feel like there was something we should definitely talk about, let us know in the comments. We'll make sure to check those out for him. But now we will move on to all the passing game notes that you guys should have uh, in your radar before you move on. To week twelve, uh week two, everything that's gonna be impacting my rest of season big board that will be launched at some point tomorrow. The first one's always the toughest one to make. Uh, but we will make sure to get that up. And if you're here enjoying, I got the 25 of you here. Nice. Good, no, even 30 of you. Thumbs up button would be so greatly appreciated as we now transition over to the passing games. If you like what you're hearing, please do consider helping us grow here. Uh at first you gotta start with the Bengals. What the hell happened there, Burrow? 14 uh, completions for 82 yards on 31 passes, just as disgusting of an aerial pie as you'll ever see coming out of there. Chase does lead the way with nine targets, 31% chance. Uh, uh, only for 39 yards. Exactly. Just hideous on those five catches there. But even worse was seven targets to T. Higgins for a whopping goose egg. No so yards. I know you're feeling that one as a T. Higgins I'm owner. An owner. Oof. I'm an owner. Oof. Just as bad as it gets. Tyler Boyd caught him two catches, 10 yards. I actually already did cut him uh, earlier today. Just no need okay. to have him on the I roster at that. And Irv Smith, yeah, five targets looks nice, but only three catches, 17 yards. Uh, I just want to toss him out there as a potential waiver pickup, though, because five targets in the Bengals' offense usually is very solid, a 17% share. Obviously, this week that wasn't the case, but could be a guy to look at the waiver wire once this offense starts to find a groove. But, man, like, what is it with that? Like, how? what the hell happened? I have no idea.
0: I don't know. I mean, of all the things that <laughs> happened in week one, and, you know, obviously there's always surprises in week one, but if you had told me that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow were going to combine for, like, seven fantasy points, I would have been yeah. like, well, <laughs> well, you're obviously out of your mind. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Are you what happened? I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what happened. <laughs> I'm shocked. Horrible, um, horrible. All right. Well, moving on to uh, – some someone who did slightly better. Uh, the Colts' passing game was the Michael Pittman show. Uh, you you mentioned Pittman as, a, as a, a possible guy to check out, and he did go eight for ninety-seven and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I was a bit concerned here with Richardson. You know, what's the passing game going to look like? But thirty-seven attempts, they were playing from down most of the time. But I do think that's going to be a common place for the Colts. He racks up ultimately twenty-two fantasy points though: ten carries, forty yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Definitely the most effective runner they had. All day, but also 223 yards and a touchdown through the air and completing, you know, well over half his passes 24 37. So looking more competent than expected there. And as you mentioned, definitely 43% of those yards going to Michael Pittman, 11 targets dominating his attention all day. Good to see that he's not dead. A lot of stats out there, and I was a little bit worried about him coming into the year. Rookie quarterbacks, especially mobile rookie quarterbacks, don't typically sustain uh, even top 40 wide receivers if they're mobile rookie quarterbacks. So good to see Michael Pittman breaking out really the only receiver or passing game of note. So Alex Pierce, droppable No tight end was really noteworthy, but Michael Pittman looks like he can definitely still live on with Anthony Richardson. Watson really mixed bag here, but ultimately we care about fantasy points and he ended up. I, I didn't think a- he looked very good, honestly. No, he didn't. He did not pass <laughs> the eyeball test at all. Very skittish, scared behind the line. Ultimately only racks up 154 yards, completing right around 50% of passes, 16 to 29 one touchdown and one interception. But what saved him and what could save his fantasy season, is he did have 45 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He unlocks a little bit of that Konami upside that we didn't see in his Browns debut last season. That would at least boost his floor. Because right now he's a top six quarterback for the week, despite looking pretty bad as a passer, not looking comfortable. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag. They continue to run him like that. I can definitely get behind Deshaun Watson a bit more. But the passing game is what we expected there. And Amari Cooper did struggle uh, only 22 Of the 35 pass plays, did he run a route? He only played 60% of the snaps. Three catches for 37 yards. Why is he not an every-down player? I don't know. He did go to the medical tent quickly, but he did return, so maybe it was just that we can rest him at this point. But definitely some concerns there. No real huge emergencies in the passing game today. Uh, Just a decent day for Watson himself.
0: 49ers passing game. I mean, it was a very Brock Purdy-ish game, 19-29 for 220 and two touchdowns. Both of uh, which went to Brandon Ayuk, who we both liked a lot in the preseason and definitely recommended picking up if you could. Um, eight targets, eight catches, a buck twenty nine, two touchdowns—not too shabby.
1: No, thirty six points on DraftKings today was definitely the guy you needed to have if you were going to win any type of big money. Yeah, it, it's tr- it's crazy tricky because like eight targets is never going to blow anyone out of the water, but if he's this efficient with them, eight one twenty nine, and like you said, two touchdowns. Debo only going five for 55. All the talk was Ayuk is the star of camp. He somehow has taking his game to a new level. You can't cover him in a phone booth. That looked like the case for sure this time. He was an absolute stud out there. Uh, so if he can be that that way consistently, it's going to owe Yeah, Some weeks it might be Kittle. Some weeks it might be Samuel. But Ayuk really does look like – if you're drafting today after this game, you're probably taking Ayuk over Debo, right? Like just right away. Absolutely.
0: And I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know if I ever said this on the pod. I would have at least thought about taking Ayuk over Debo, like before this game.
1: Um, Yeah, a lot of people are on that.
0: I love Debo. Yeah, Um, but yeah, now definitely I would absolutely.
1: Scott Scott Barry had a great tweet to summarize it too. He said, "Brandon Ayuk does the things that are much harder for a receiver to do well, which is beating man, winning on the outside. Whereas Debo is more a little bit more that gadgety guy. And Chris McCaffrey honestly does that stuff even better than Debo. So where is Debo right now? He's kind of in this no man's land, and he's still a dangerous weapon." He's still going to have some really big days but if I if was this good all year i mean he did look like he took his game to a new height look out he's an absolute stud
0: and another thing about debo is is like when he's good it's like there, there's almost no one else who gives you that just jolt of dopamine like oh, like yeah. directly into your veins so i yes. mean I don't want to come off at all as hating on Debo I love the guy no
1: i'm still a debo fan but just I you man taking that game yeah. to another level for real and i, I have a lot of him best so i'm very excited about
0: well, another guy that that we both have been extremely high on and, and did seem to come to fruition today, Calvin Ridley, that Jags passing game. I mean, he looked really, really good. Now, he slowed down in the second half quite a bit. We saw that from a couple people. He still ended up eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Um, and you just have to think, like, this is not the ceiling. Like, we, you know, we could see a lot more and a lot better out of this, this you know, combo.
1: Absolutely. 34% target share. And some of those throws were, you know, through double coverage, zipping it through. Uh, just great chemistry, timing throws. A broken play if he's scrambling. The first one he's looking for with his eyes up. It just was clear that Calvin really is the absolute man here for one of the best young and up-and-coming quarterbacks. You love to see it. He's clearly not lost a step. In fact, he might have even looked better than uh, he ever looked with the card or the uh, Falcons, rather. So great to see that. Obviously, somebody ended up getting sacrificed. That was Christian Kirk. You know, Zay Jones had a nice touchdown himself was the actual snap leader for this team. But Kirk only gets one catch for nine yards on only three targets. And he only yeah. pretty much exclusively played in three receiver sets. Now, Most weeks they do play a lot of three receiver, you know, all 11 personnel, all that good stuff. So he'll still be on the field a decent amount. You know, 37 of the possible 38 snaps and 11 personnel, but he only was in 12 personnel snaps, six and 21. So big usage chop off right there for Christian Kirk. And it definitely sh- showed in his final stat count as well. In terms of the Vikings' pay his passing game, just more of the same, what we usually expect. Kirk Cousins, 344 yards, which is actually a little disappointing because he was at, like, 280 in the first half. And he was just lighting it up, going nuts. Well, Jefferson, uh, had
0: a, Jefferson had, like, 140 yards in the first half, didn't he? I know. He ended
1: up slowing down a bit, too. Yeah, it happened with a lot of players, like you were saying. Uh, nine catches on 12 targets for 150 for Jefferson, like you were getting at. Two scores for Christian Kirk, one of them going to the rookie. Four or six uh targets for Addison, 61 yards of the score, looking really good. And then Hawk did lead the way with the targets uh of, after Justin Jackson, nine targets there, but only eight catches for 35 yards. And the eight catches look good, very inefficient, though, not a ton of uh volume there. And we did see Madison also score a receiving touchdown, despite underwhelming in the running game himself.
0: The Saints passing game with Derek Carr. Carr, it is a tastier pie than yeah. Yeah. well said. I mean, I don't they put up 16 points. I felt like, you know, I like Mike Vrabel as a coach. I felt like Tennessee played like I'm going to say a stupid game, and also Tannehill sucked. So I don't know. I don't know what to think of the Saints as a whole. But uh, Alave was as advertised, and Carr made mm-hmm. some good throws to him. And uh, Rashid Shahid, like he really was a he was kind of an eye opener, right? Alave yeah. ate for 112 on 10 targets. Shahid, five, 80, five for 89 and a touchdown on six targets. That's a pretty dynamic duo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It looked like – Mike Thomas did okay too. You know, early on that first drive, he had like four catches, and then he ultimately only finished with five for 61. But, man, it looked like, do we have Mike Thomas here? Is Olave going to be okay? Or is Thomas like the true target hog again? Uh, oh, but, we'll yeah, see. it was great to see Olave do his thing. He did limp off at one point but came right back in, and that ultimately racked up more catches after that quote-unquote injury. So he looked real good. I mean, that, that passing game just definitely looks, with over 300 yards coming from Derek Carr, as you mentioned, not a ton of overall scores there from the Saints, but just they looked really solid all day, bleeding clock, pounding the offense down. Uh, I think this is an offense that's going to be steady all year, which is not what they've been uh, since Drew Brees left. So that's just nice to know, a little bit more stability for your pass game options here. The Ravens do look passing game, a little bit underwhelming. Todd Monk in the yeah. air raid, it's going to be beautiful. Eh, only 169 yards from Lamar Jackson on seven and 22 passes. Uh, and, and that was with no touchdowns as well and, and minimal work on the ground for him. So definitely a disappointing debut for Lamar Jackson on the season, but he was at least feeding Zay flowers. My God, what a breakout debut for the kid from BC 10 targets, nine catches, 78 yards doesn't score, but ultimately in PPR, 17.7 points. That is beautiful. He also added two rush attempts for nines, just the involvement. Was so great to see, and he looked good. Like I mean, if you watched the game at all or saw red zone, he was popping up off the page. Very, very speedy, faster than everyone else on the field type of guy. Behind him, too, really there was not much. Likely only had one car target, caught it for one pass, four yards. A eh, fill-in of the day for Mark Andrews. We'll be interested to see how Zay does when Andrews is back. Uh, but great to see. Separated even clearly from OBJ. Two catches, 37 yards, Bateman three for 35 it's definitely looks like Zay Flowers is the wide receiver to have here. It's only been one week, but just the way he played and how involved he was, it was awesome to see. I'm a really big fan of his game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, although the Ravens were underwhelming, they they did win easily. Now, they were playing Houston, who we're going to get into next. And, you know, this is some stuff that you and and even me and some guys from the site have gotten right. Nico Collins was a target hog, six uh, catches on 11 targets for 80 yards. I, th- I think it was MOH who was like, you know, yeah is is he the worst best receiver on any team probably but he's the best receiver on his team and that has value and it does i mean you know the guy was going for a buck in auctions and i was like it's ridiculous and so I mean, he put up a decent fantasy week and robert woods did too The little, the unsexiest guy in the entire nfl bad had a good game
1: yeah 10 targets for him double digits for both these unsexy guys because 44 pass attempts from cj stroud i mean wasn't overly fruitful but the pie was large, just wasn't made of good ingredients today. Three only 242 scoreless yards, but if he's going to be chucking it 44 times, and it wasn't pure game script, they were throwing it early and often, even in the first quarter. So, I really like what I saw in terms of a volume perspective. We hope that gets a little more efficient, a little more productive. I'd like to see Tank Dell out there a little bit more, but yeah, Nico and Robert Woods both seeing double-digit targets. That's not that's nothing to, sh- to sneeze at. So they could both be intriguing guys. Uh, Nico Call's mostly on here, but Robert. Woods out there in pretty much every league.
0: And it's it's literally, I mean, you know, beating the dead horse here, but it's their first game with a rookie quarterback. Like this, you have to think this is going to improve. So I'm kind of keeping part of one of my
1: eyes on the Texans. We'll see. Yeah, (laughs) no reason not to. Uh, One guy disappointed me a little bit today, Sam Howell, 202 yards, one touchdown, 19 to 31 passing, did throw a pick as well. He had two carries for 11 yards and a touchdown on the ground, kind of salvaging his day. With that ground score, and that's why you like him in fantasy. He can run. He's definitely been a touchdown threat with the legs, but it was shaky. I mean, he could have had two to three more picks, uh, maybe one of them being a pick six. They just got dropped, and that makes me a little bit nervous for these guys. I know I've been so high, and some of you in the comments are probably talking about Jahan Dotson. I was That was the guy I couldn't bench no matter what today. Uh, doesn't go great. He did lead the team with seven targets, hauls in five for 40, and he looked good in doing so. I just thought Howell might be a step above this. And if this is how he's performing against the Cardinals. I mean, one of the worst secondaries in the league. And he's got a tough schedule coming up moving forward. It has to be a little less rosy on Dotson moving forward. Terry McLaurin as well taking the, the short end of the stick here. Two catches for 31. Meanwhile, Samuel, Curtis Samuel led the way with 54 yards on five. on five targets too. So uh, that was interesting. And actually tying Dotson for the lead in targets with seven was Logan Thomas. So maybe he's alive again. Four catches. Forty-three yards. Yeah, that that offense has always, for Eric the Obviously, you have Travis Kelsey. You're going to feature the tight end, but they do scheme the position quite well. And intriguing to see so much volume go Logan Thomas's way after he didn't play all preseason. It's just all spread out so far, and it's not that great either. So that makes me a little concerned for Dotson, a guy I was so in on. You were I definitely left this game a little bit less rosy about him moving
0: forward. you were you were so in on him, and you sold me on him. and honestly, i, I would be giving you a lot more hell than than I am now, but my other guys were so bad that I mean, it, it didn't end up even it being so better <laughs> like you know, it was like in a vacuum, was it a bad recommendation? Yes on my team on paper was it a bad recommendation not really so yeah. <laughs> you, you get a mulligan on this one with me well hey,
1: um,
0: all right uh, target hog Hopkins that's an interesting way to phrase the uh, I would have led with Ryan Tannehill blows uh, yeah. <laughs> the Tennessee passing attack Tannehill, 189 eight, 198 yards passing three picks including a couple costly ones now he did look at yeah. DeAndre Hopkins 13 times 38 percent share think he had like uh, seven for 65, something like that. Again, I just thought the Titans played a dumb game and I don't usually think of Vrabel that way. So I don't know. I I'm still leaving this. Not quite sure what to think about them.
1: Yeah. They, they got down early and just seemed to kind of, but they were down huge either. So I don't know. It was was a close game the whole way. That's why I didn't understand why they weren't just running the ball. Yeah, it definitely it's nice to see that volume go to D hop too. It's a little concerning that they only combined and caught you know, about half those targets. So definitely concerning there. And it ultimately, as predicted on the show here, Traylon Burks 18 yards on two catches, absolutely meaningless. Chigo Conk who told everyone to bench him, no catches for him. When Hopkins is going to be this much of a hog on an already very low volume passing attack there, I saw some articles say by low on Chig, he was in on every snap and, it does, I don't you don't get points for snaps. And, and uh, when everything's gonna be going Hopkins' way. I just don't buy these other guys uh, at this point. I'll breeze quickly through the fact of the Bucks they looked okay with Baker. He only had 173, but he did have two scores, one of which went to Evans. Six catches, 66 in a team uh, for a team I too. You
0: Should
1: Should've have had two one. touchdowns. Yeah, he dropped that. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a nice day. I had predicted two scores for him. I was hoping he'd hit it, but that touchdown did still uh, get it done. Godwin was less useful, 51 yards on five catches some clutch ones. just good to see Baker Mayfield looking okay in that division two. the Falcons game was the the bigger note, only 18 bath attempts. And that's what they're going to do. I mean, they've bled it out with Bijan. And then of course, even more so uh, Tyler Algier, when they don't have to throw, they're not going to. And that makes it very risky to start every passing game option here. Ritter himself, you know, 115 in touchdown, you never start in Ritter, hopefully. But the big thing was Drake London, 90% of the snaps. A whopping one target, zero catches on 20 routes. Not what you like to see. Kyle Pitts, he bailed himself out with a, a deep catch towards the end of that game. It was a goose egg for nearly the entire time. Uh, he But you know, he did catch the two for 44, and the 44 yards were the team high. So that's the ceiling. Oh, man, that's not great. Uh, 60% of the snaps, too. That sketchy usage He was in and out. Even on, like, 11 personnel, when you think of a passing down, he'd you, be locked to be in there. He was only in there on a three of like the, the 15 snaps of that, so not great. It was good to see Ritter being so accurate, but such a small pie. Uh, it's just tough to trust these guys in London, man. That was scary.
0: Are the, are the Kyle Pitts and th- uh, you know, backers, the truthers, gonna what are they gonna have to say this week? Anything or
1: <laughs> yeah. people. Our people, yards. <laughs> his separation is excellent. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Kenny
0: Pickett, Uh. Kenny Pickett crashes back to earth. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it. I, I, I never believed in this guy at all. And I mean, I know it's only one game, so we'll see, you know, I don't, I don't want to write anybody off, but I, this game is absolutely no shock to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was ugly. <laughs> You know, had such a good preseason, over 80% of his passes scored on every drive he was in. It was the 49ers defense. So I do think better days are ahead, assuming Deontay Johnson's back. But he did get injured. That was scary. He was cooking early on. Uh, he, was, he was really writhing on the floor there with that handy injury when he's grabbing at it. So that didn't look good. Definitely something to monitor. We'll talk about a few more injuries in a little bit. That does wrap up our 1 p.m. So we're just going to quickly rip through the box scores. Uh, there's tons to learn from these five o'clock, I mean, rather 4 p.m., five games. Uh, so we just wanted to quickly note a few things we took away. Uh, should we start at the top with that just absolute bar? Yeah, I mean sort of let, game with the Chargers and Dolphins.
0: Let's talk Chargers Dolphins. This game ended, I believe, 36-34, the Dolphins way. And you know, as a guy who had two on his fantasy team, I was pretty thrilled with this. Like four hundred and what, fifty-seven yards, something like that, three touchdowns. Four
1: sixty-six, three touchdowns, and yeah, over almost half of that going to Tyree Kill. Right. He did get targets. Like,
0: got picked once yes. i was happy to say he did he i did i kept cringing hoping he wouldn't take any big hits he did not he looked pretty pretty nimble his arm looked pretty good he was doing a great job just like kind of throwing it out there and leading Tyreek Hill assuming he would just outrun everyone and make the catch which he did almost every time <laughs> tyreek i think had 11 for 215 and two touchdowns and, and long ones. Like when you bake passes to Tyreek, they can be these short little swing passes that can go for 30 yards, but he's also catching balls in the middle of the field for 30 yards too. And I mean, you know, Waddle's such a good compliment to him. It's just like, you know, it's, it was pretty impressive to watch. And I mean, the chargers were not slouches either. Like, you know, Herbert's got that cannon. Keenan Allen looked very good, you know?
1: They, they Great did. I mean, and that's a good secondary they're up against. But just crazy again—eleven catches for Tyreek. The next closest was Waddle with four. So it is so clear. Fifteen targets. The next closest was seven uh, after him. It is, and that was Durham's smite. Interesting to see a tight end there actually get a little bit more usage, even more usage than Waddle. So a little concerning for Waddle. A lot of speculation in the offseason. You know, could this be the year Waddle overtakes Hill? Oh, I don't know about that. And two hundred fifteen yards as you got at you going for the two K yards. He sure could. Uh, that that was impressive. But the Chargers, like you mentioned. Very impressive in their own right, putting up that many points. And I don't think the scoreboard would tell you this, but they do have a talented secondary there in Miami. I think this is a great sign for the Kellen Moore offense that they could come out firing, guns blazing, Eckler over 25 fantasy points, Keenan Allen looking solid. We did get an injury scare to big Mike Williams, but ultimately he came back. Yeah, as you mentioned, Ethan Allen, six catches, 76 yards on nine targets, no scores, but nice and steady. We'll mention him in the uh, waiver wire for sure, but Josh Kelly. Matching Eckler's carry total, 16, and looking good on him, 91 yards and a touchdown. So definitely a closer committee than you'd ever expect. With Austin Eckler as your lead guy in the past. So Josh Kelly, an intriguing handcuff with benefits. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the waiver wires. Um Patriots Next game, Eagles. I mean, my uh, beloved Patriots. Yeah, that one, that was one that kept us a little bit. We said we we're going to get live at 740, 40, uh, but this one was lingering in there and I had to see how it would happen with my Patriots. I think the big story here was that Kenny Gainwell, 14 carries, one carry for Boston Scott. And then this is probably the bigger development, one carry for DeAndre Swift as well. So Kenny Gainwell dominating the work share here. Uh, didn't do a ton with it, 54 yards on his 14 carries, 3.9, no touchdowns. You know, had four catches though for 20 yards. I can't wait to see what the snap totals ended up being, because as just a Pats fan watching it, it looked like Gainwell was in for maybe 70, 80% of the snaps there. Uh, and and Swift, no involvement. You know, one target, one catch for zero yards. Not great there. And Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. You thought this might be the week DeAndre Swift could pull away and, and just run, run with it. But no, it was the Gainwell show. Um, And, and as the receiving core, you know, the hill hum seven catches, 70 yards for A.J. Brown. Seven catches, 47 in a touchdown for Devonta Smith. Not their biggest days, but not bad days either. And Jalen Hurts, not his biggest days. You know, 170 total yards, nine carries, 37. But still got it done. I was intrigued by the Patriots, though. I mean, they they look better. Did, did, did they catch your eye at all?
0: Well, I, I, it's just the, the game was weird. I was surprised that it ended up being so close. It looked like it was going to be an absolute blowout. And then they came back. And they came back pretty much all on the defense and the passing game because their running game was terrible. Ramondre, yeah. 12 carries for 25 yards. I, that's one of the stat lines I'm just most shocked by. Now, the Eagles do have like a, a quite – They're ferocious up front. Yeah. Line. They really do. So, I'm, I'm not reading too much into it, but I loved Ramondre going into the season. This is, a, is about as poor a performance as you could expect. Mac Jones did have 300 yards and three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, the big story there is Kendrick Bourne, six catches, six – and two touchdowns and I even said in today's stream I went to pick him up in my league because I was desperate at wide receivers there have been great reports me and CJ hyped him up I, I think we told somebody desperate for a receiver to toss Kendrick Bourne in. and I definitely said 3,300 on DraftKings intriguing guy had him in a couple lineups and de- decent on DraftKings today actually uh great to see that breakout I haven't run a ton of best ball he became my de facto last round pick for the last month or so so I ended up getting like about 15 percent Kendrick Bourne in my lineups you love to see this day uh, but, but I know you were complaining about Ramondre Stevenson. He did still have six catches, 64 yards, still yeah, but- every down, you know, third down was his and looked very, very capable as a receiver. And I think the rushing scores will get better. And Zeke fumbled it. And, you, you know, that's not going to last long if he has one of those again. Uh, so it might raise his four. And then Hunter Henry, you know, clearly above Gaseki, it looked like in the pecking order, get six targets to just three for Gusecki. Uh Gasecki hauled in all three of his for 36. Meh. But we did see Hunter Henry a nice fourth down snag, one handed. Hunter Henry had
0: a really clutch fourth down grab with one was nuts. hand. Also, yeah. we do just want to tell you we did just have kickoff. So, um, if you want to buzz through anything, this is probably the time to do it. It's been
1: mentioned in the comments as well. All right. Yeah. We're at kickoff. I mean, if you got to run truth, you go. I know some people might bounce now that we're at kickoff, but there's a, a couple more 4 p.m.s. It is always a little longer when you have the entire slate, you know, no teams on by. It does take a little bit longer here, right. uh, but I can move forward from there. Five fifty-six and a touchdown right. though for Hunter Henry who's out there and a lot of waiver wires, definitely somebody to look more forward to Raiders versus uh, Broncos. Wasn't a ton to note other than Jacoby Myers, 10 targets, team high, more than Devonte Adams and more yards and catches nine catches, 81 yards and also two touchdowns. I mean, Jacoby Myers, what a debut with Jimmy G his game seems to fit the more conservative Jimmy G quite a bit better. Yeah, Adams wasn't a zero, six catches, 66 yards, but definitely an intriguing stat line to see Jacoby Myers so heavily involved. Josh Jacobs was the every down back, 19 carries, 48 yards. Uh, Zamir White, the only other running back to play a down, and he had one carry for two yards, uh, did absolutely nothing. And so uh, Jacobs didn't do a ton of damage with what he got. He also had two catches for 23 yards. Not the stat lines you're, you've become accustomed to, but after such a long holdoff, it was good to see him be a near every down player. And uh, still ready to roll there. Um, you're saying you want me to rapid fire kind of through this, right? Truth. Do you want me just to keep yeah, going? I, I, probably. I
0: mean, I, I'm, I can stay on for a few more minutes, but, I but, you know, we should probably let our loyal uh, watchers get to the game as soon as we can.
1: Hey, get to the game on your way out. Hit the thumbs up button. We'll still be here. We'll still have the recap uh, on the podcast or you can catch the replay. Yeah. But we, we have questions and comments. You know, I'll get through those. If you want to go watch the game as well. So I'll just kind of quickly summarize the rest of the box scores for the four o'clock games uh, here. Javante did see the majority of the work. Uh, 13 carries 52 looked okay. looked pretty good. Uh, but Piran was more involved as the receiver, four catches for 37, which we were kind of worried about. He also looked better at the run eight for 41. Piran was rumbling on his touches out there. Other than that, you know, you got a touchdown from Sutton. He had that one drive. where it's like, okay, here he's going now. We're, now we're going to really get Sutton the rest of the game. And then he kind of disappeared, but overall Russ Wilson just, looking more composed, more in control, even though he was only 177 yards and two touchdowns on a huge day, but completing well over 65% of the passes, just looking calmer, uh, only taking two sacks. It just, it looked like a more functional system. It, it's obviously early right now with Sean Payton. We'll see how that develops. And then the Packers, it's tough to judge too much. There was no Christian Watson. Uh, Aaron Jones was run, running right through this defense the entire day. Uh, the Bears looks like a defense to definitely target running backs uh, against because they were just horrendous tackling and getting blown off the ball on every which angle, but he got hurt. So it ultimately uh, ruined his day, like from being just a complete and utter monster performance. It still was really good. 41 yards, one touchdown on nine carries, you know, nice and efficient there had a big 40, uh, he had 86 yards of the air, two catches uh, and they were both long. You know, the long was 51. So he also had another 35 yard or two. He was just doing tons of damage. Uh, only had four targets because he left early, but man, he was looking like he was ready for a huge day. Musgrave did otherwise lead the way in receiving 50 yards, did not score. He did trip over himself. We got two touchdowns going to Romeo Dobbs. So limited role, but got it done where it mattered most. Jordan Love looking nice, calm, efficient, 245 yards, three touchdowns, really nice debut makes, makes this aerial pie. Even without Watson, the fact that he looked so nice with that was nice to see. And then AJ Dillon took over for for Aaron Jones and just looked bad. You know, thirteen carries, nineteen yards, like as inefficient as you can be. Two catches for seventeen were okay, but you know the, the whole reason you draft him is if Jones goes down, you have a monster, right? Didn't look like a monster here at all. Uh, and then the last game, and this one was had, had a lot of intriguing notes. Uh, it will kind of transition us nicely to the waiver wire here. Uh, is the Rams versus the Seahawks and the Rams really impressive? Thirty to thirteen win. Over the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think many people saw that coming all. Without Cooper Cut, this team is just going to crumble on themselves. But Stafford looked pretty solid. 334 yards. They were scoreless. Running backs ended up doing all that. Kyron Williams leading the way there with 52 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, we also did get a touchdown for Cam Akers as well, who did out-carry Kyron Williams, 22, compared to 15 for Kyron. But in the first half, Kyron Williams had 26 snaps, compared to just four for Cam Akers. So it did go to show... They were willing to get this rookie, uh, not rookie, rather his sophomore year. Uh was very, very involved and definitely a guy to look at on your waiver wire. Uh, but maybe even more so, Spook and Nakua, a team high, 15 targets. I talked to one as my Hail Mary that he might play more of that Cooper Cup role. And that's exactly what happened. He ended up getting all those layup targets, hauled in 10 of those 15 for 119 yards. Tied uh, actually, though, with Tutu Atwell, who didn't look bad himself. Six catches for 119 yards, too. So I, Stafford just keeping this thing going, even without Cup, I did not see that coming, but it looks like maybe the Seattle Seahawks defense is just that bad, or maybe Stafford really is just that good. And when he's healthy, the ball, he just looked so much more comfortable in the pocket. The ball was coming out with great zip. So I am much more high. I was already higher on Stafford coming in this year, certainly with Cooper Cup, but this was great performance to see. And Stafford's only 24% roster. The touchdowns will come at some point, so big to see. On the flip side for the Seattle Seahawks, what a bad day for Geno. 112 yards and a touchdown against what we expect to be one of the worst secondaries in the entire league. I was stunned at how bad. And early on, it looked good. You know, that early touchdown to DK was a beastly one. uh, 47 yards and a touchdown to DK. I thought he he had all that in the first quarter. I thought Mm -hmm. he was going to go completely nuts after that and ultimately didn't do much. um, And and nobody really did anything. Tyler Lockett, two for 10. You know, JSN making his big smashing debut, three for 13. Uh, we can chalk this up and, and see what happens later Because we saw great things from Geno all last year But the one-year one, one year wonder talk Has to start to creep in just a little bit potentially Walker did look good as a runner 12 carries, 64 yards, and well over five a pop there But it just was not a great day For the Seattle Seahawks The story of the day is definitely the Rams And those intriguing waiver pieces now uh, that, that we can potentially look at All right,
0: Wolf, I'm going to take off It's 8.30 um, Good talking to you Buzz through the
1: rest. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Awesome. Cheers. And and you'll make this a podcast for tomorrow. Is that right? Dropping it for the morning? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it as early as I can tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah, the morning commute. Sounds good. Sounds like the Giants (laughs) gave the screams from the other room. So I'm going to get there soon in a sec. But thank you again, Truth. Davey Limes is driving. Oh, here we go. All righty, well, thanks again to the Truth. I'm going to now rip through, just kind of summarize that early week two waiver wire. Who are some guys? to look for in your leagues, uh, start prioritizing on the early waiver wire. So just to summarize, some of the big injuries were J.K. Dobbins, the torn tornicles, Deontay Johnson with the hamstring. So we know Dobbins' season is done. Deontay's didn't look pretty. I'm guessing that's going to be a multi-week thing. Richardson is going to be fine after leaving with a knee bruise. Uh, so ultimately, it sounds like he'll be okay. Just got a little dinged up. And then Aaron Jones' hamstring. Looked a little bit concerning there. He kind of went right off into the uh, locker room. No official word quite yet. Those are some injuries to a monitor while we move forward. So how will that impact the waiver? Well, of course, the Ravens' backfield is where you want to look first. Justice Hill, only 2% rostered in Yahoo. Gus Edwards, 19% rostered. But I had to go one or the other. So it normally would have been Gus. He has the track record. He's honestly you know over five yards per carry throughout his career. He's been one of the more efficient guys whenever he gets to work. He looked like the better runner today. I like that he has all that going for him, and they, it was a pretty near even split in the touches. But we did see Justice Hill get almost all the third down work, nearly all the goal line work, and all preseason that was Justice Hill is a better fit for this talking off. That's why keeping him out. That's why he's going to be the primary backup. I really like what I saw of Justice Hill as well with those two scores. So if it's one or the other, I'm going to go to Justice Hill first. Two percent rostered. I think he's probably worth. 30, 25, 30% of the fab. You do have to keep in mind, what if they go after Jonathan Taylor at this point, Uh, bring in an aging veteran or something of that nature is an option as well. So you could go blow all your money on this backfield, which I do think will be about a 50-50 split. I think that's going to be valuable. It's the Ravens offense. They look pretty solid. I think they're only going to continue to ascend here, but they aren't the most valuable pickup in my opinion. I actually would rather spend my money on Kyron Williams. Got hype all preseason as the clear-cut third down back. And we saw that playing the majority of third down snaps here, playing a lot of the goal line work as well. And, and Akers, we know the injury history is a bit sketchy. Uh, you got the Achilles tear just a few years ago. And it looked like Tyron Williams a little bit more preferred by this coaching staff, certainly in the first half there. Once they got the lead, they started to pound Acres. He ended up dominating second-half touches. But Kyron Williams had 26 of the 30 running back snaps in that first half. So when game script's more neutral or they're playing from behind, I think Kyron Williams will have a much clearer and defined role than either of those Ravens running backs on any given week. And then offense that seemed to feature the running backs a little bit more than them. So I actually think I prioritize here Kyron Williams about, again, maybe $25 of my hundred fab. I don't know that you'll have to go to that level. I have, by the way, a more in depth waiver wire show every Tuesday. So this is just a quick look at it. I'll go more in depth, look at the snaps a little bit more, see what happens tonight and in Monday night as well to have a full, complete list. It's just a rapid reaction for you, sickos that want it right now. I think Josh Kelly has to be considered one of the top guys on your waiver wire. Four percent rush—that's a nice thing about this early waiver wire. Is most of these guys are still out there in your leagues, uh, and he had minutes, You'll know, match the same amount of carries there as Austin Eckler, as we talked about earlier. 16 carries, going for 94 yards. Clearly involved. Uh, it was almost a 50. 50- 50 split certainly the Russian workload and snap share is about 60, 40 for that game. Uh, So that was definitely intriguing to see a a shootout style game. I imagine if they get up early on a team, we might even see more work for Josh Kelly. Uh, So looking really solid over five yards of pop. Eckler did his thing. It wasn't like he needed to come out, Uh, but Kelly just constantly churning and churning and churning, looking really solid doing it. Obviously has that handcuff with benefits upside now too. If something ever happened to Eckler, you'd be looking at a league winner. I mean, this offense was really humming today under Kellen Moore so I think Josh Kelly is a huge priority add especially if you don't need to use him right away but honestly I mean get 91 and a touchdown on the ground that was a impressive day for him moving to the waiver wire receivers I think Kendrick Bourne is my priority not him Puka Nakua both these guys under three percent rostered Bourne only one percent 11 targets six catches 64 and two touchdowns for 21 points Whew, that looks pretty damn good and Puka Nakua, you know, not to be outdone by him, 15 targets, as we talked about, looking like the clear-cut uh, Cooper Cup role here with Cooper Cup out. He was getting all those layup targets, but also involved in the red zone. A couple deep targets also slung his way. He ultimately went 10 for 119 as a the main cog of this passing game. Everyone thought it would be Higby, myself included, but no, Puka Nakua. Really coming in, we mentioned him as a Hail Mary dart throw. We actually mentioned both these guys Kendrick Port and Puka. Nakua. I, I'm st- shocked at how well they look. I am definitely going to be scrambling to pick them up where I'm wide receiver needy and uh, wherever I can find them, but not to be outdone. If you miss out on Puka, if he goes for too much, don't forget that Tutu Atwell did go 119 and six. Honestly, I love Nakua, but if Cooper Cup does come back healthy, let's say it's only four weeks on the IR, I think that role goes immediately to Cooper Cup and Nakua. Won't really find himself quite as heavily involved. So that's the one reason I might prioritize Bourne. I really like both those guys as options there. Wide receiver on your waiver wire. The other guy is Rashid Shahid, 15% rostered right now. We mentioned five catches for 89 and a touchdown, 11 yards rushing as well. He's kind of moving all over the place. Alvin Kamara light in a way when he's out for now. Uh, Definitely a highly involved explosive playmaker from last year. Average a ton of yards per reception high catch rate you always like to see those efficient players and he was continuing to do so this week i will mention for one more running back too a uh, guy prioritize the other guys in either kyron williams and josh kelly or your ravens running backs i think all of them make really interesting ads all are worth about 15 to 20 dollars or more from your way budget i really like all those guys but if you need a one week plug and you don't want to burn the bank completely you could maybe look at zach moss who's out this week, but probably going to play this next one coming in and you couldn't have been less efficient than uh, Deion Jackson, you know, 13 carries for 14 yards, five catches for 14 yards. It was absolutely abysmal and hideous. Zach Moss, not great himself, but he does get Houston. Could be a nice one week rental if you're desperate at running back, but definitely look at those other guys ahead of him. And then in tight end, the one guy that stood out to me was Logan Thomas, 2% rostered, four catches, you know, team high, seven targets, 43 yards. This is an offense under Eric Bieniemy that has historically used tight ends very well. We know Travis Kelsey. This is not saying Logan Thomas didn't even sniff Travis Kelsey's strap, But that usage will continue to carry over in an Eric Bieniemy scheme. So good to see Logan Thomas so heavily involved, so healthy after missing the preseason. He was in there and he was ready to go. So intriguing there for sure. Alrighty, we'll pack. Well, thank you again so much. I do want to go watch this game. My, it's my, my wife's team. So I want to go see how everything's going in there uh, with the Giants. I'm so high on Danny Dimes. So I can't get to all the questions right now. I'll check them out tomorrow though. Uh, get to all the comments and whatnot. Feel free to comment on the show on the way out. Please do consider hitting that thumbs up button. All our content is at rotostreetjournal.com. You can find me at rotostreetwolf as well. Uh, So thank you again so much for being here for this stream. Hopefully you find this a recap to be helpful for you. If there's anything I missed, please do feel free. Uh, So a lot of people just shitting all over the people that screwed up for them. I throw Najee in a trash can. Uh, Isaiah likely sucks. Puka. Okay. Uh, A lot of people do uh, highlight uh, those. So a lot of of good conversation going in there. I can't wait to go and shout out all these comments and check them out. But for now, I want to go watch some football. Wolfpack. The Wolf of today's Sheep do that wolf later guys